As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Irreverent. Entertaining. Cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to Answers for the Family with Alan Cardoza, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Answers for the Family. I'm your host, Alan Cardoza, and for those of you that have been listening, sending in questions and comments, thank you so much. And please continue to help spread the word that every Monday from 11 a.m. to noon Pacific time, this show will bring on special guests that can inspire, educate, and in some cases entertain, while bringing answers and options to making our lives happier, healthier, and more successful. Now, I would all really appreciate if if you could all do me a big favor. So please forward one of our shows to your social media group and to someone you know that can benefit from a particular subject. Now, if you go to the website, AnswersForTheFamily.com, we have over 500 shows. If you type in a word for any subject at all, the odds are we're going to have done a show on it and we're going to have had a true expert in that area that can provide information that hopefully will help you and your family. And know that this is just one powerful way that we, together, can make a positive influence in the world. Now, Answers for the Family will continue to address a variety of issues, such as locating a runaway teen, family crisis intervention, building self-esteem, dealing with addictions, and creating a greater health and happiness for you and your family. Now, we will also introduce you to talented authors and new innovations in the areas of health, happiness, security, and creating joy for you and your family. Now, before we get to our guest, I want to thank all of you who have taken the precious time that you have to listen to this show, and especially those who are sending in questions, comments, suggestions, and leaving reviews. Please know that those reviews not only help us Uh, make adjustments that brings better content to you, but it also helps people that are looking for help. They're going on whatever platform they listen to, and they're looking for help, and they're looking at what you feel about a particular subject. So if if you've been touched by something, please leave a review and know that it's just another way that you're helping out a lot of people. Now, our topic today and the title of our guest's new book is Peace, Love, Action. Everyday Acts of Goodness from A to Z. Now, if you've listened to the show before, you realize Peace, Love, Action embodies many of the key messages that we are trying to get across to all that will listen across the world. And, okay. Um, now, um, our guest who is... Uh, we're ringing right now for them. Our guest, Tanya Zabinski, views life in the ultimate artwork and aspires to live an artful, heartful, and mindful life. 
She studied art, design, music, and philosophy at Buffalo State College, Parsons School of Design, and Kansei Gudai, I hope I'm saying that right, University in Japan. She is a recipient of the Society of Children's Book Writers Award, uh, Book and Illustrators Writers Award. Uh, now, using a self-invented uh, reduction process with silkscreen printing, Tanya combines strong composition and flat color to create bold, graphic, eye-catching images. So, a true community artist, Tanya and her husband co-founded the Elmwood Avenue Festival of the Arts in Buffalo, New York. Now, for 25 years, they have run Planet Love. It's their own art-based business, exhibiting at more than 20 outdoor art and music festivals per year. Now, instantly recognizable to those who know and love her art, Tanya's prints uh, reach a wide audience through printing on a variety of accessible uh, media areas and and different materials such as T-shirts, banners, and paper. She is a long, lifelong yoga and mediation practitioner, bicyclist, camper, hiker, and because she lives in the very snowy hills of Buffalo, New York, a cross-country skier. So, Tanya, welcome to Answers for the Family. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it it is my pleasure. Um, So I want you to know that I I had a chance to go through the book, and one of the things that, that really struck me is that I think that you are you are reaching the age that needs this so much. Uh, the idea of focusing on mindfulness, focusing on kindness, and presenting it in a way that really anybody can can understand. But but going after sort of a, a middle school uh, age group uh, and illustrating it in a way that I think that it makes it fun for them to read rather than feel like they're they're reading because somebody told them to. So I want you to know I, I, I noticed that and I appreciate it. Thanks. Um, it is directed towards middle grade readers, but like you said, um, like all the things it deals with uh, is some like um, peaceful activists using creativity and enthusiasm and courage and compassion and kindness. It's all universal qualities that really speak to every age. So um, I do consider it an all-age book, and we can all use those kinds of um, inspiring figures in, in our lives for in our encouragement for ourselves. Now, w- was there a particular uh, event, or, or is it just the times that we're living in that inspired you to create this book now? Well, it wasn't a particular event. I've actually been working on the book for a dozen years or so, and really it was something I wasn't doing for other people, but for myself. Um, I like learning about people who live in inspiring ways that inspire me and make me think, well, how can I put this into my life? And um, so... Yeah, it wasn't like doing it for someone else. It was just following my own interests. Now, who are some of the people that that inspired you? <laughs> well, all the people in the book. So, um, <laughs> well, I, well, I just so listeners. Well, I would oh, say sorry, I, but I was going to say it, but I understand that. But but was there what, you know, was there other people uh, you know uh, other than the ones that that actually made it in the book that. Uh, that were part of, you know, as you were growing up, that were an inspiration to help uh, mold you to become the person that you are today? I see your question. Okay, so both my parents were uh, nurturing kind of parents who, uh, well, were open-minded and uh, I grew up with, my parents were both Catholic, but they were open to um, alternative, like my mom did yoga, oops, sorry, um, my dad was interested in Zen, and uh, so I think their um, ways of nurturing and living and using their talents in their lives and 
Oh, you know, just back in the 60s, my mom had a compost pile before most people even knew what that was, and an organic garden, and um, my parents had their own business, and they were can-do kind of people, and so they were inspirational figures in my life. Well, good. I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is is that they helped uh, establish a thought process in you that... Uh, whatever you set your mind to, you're going to be able to do, but yet at the same time tried to model some things so that you would set your mind on things that would be of benefit to to everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it all together. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. So, and, and I know that you started to answer that with, uh, with talking about some of the people whose biographies are, are actually in the book. So share with us one of your favorite biographies and tell us a little bit about... Uh, you know about them and about what you chose to to add to the book in regards to that person. Okay, um, actually, if you don't mind me just backing up a hair, because um, what you said, uh, um, going back to my parents about making, uh, giving me a mindset to like contribute towards life, like. Um, I think sometimes in life, well, there's that quote, ask not what you can do for your country, uh, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. So I was brought up with that kind of feeling, like almost that I need to sacrifice whatever I want so that I can help other people. And um, I think you people, I've come to learn that the best way to help other people um, or one way to help them is actually you have to help yourself first. And um, like if you're happy, then you help make other people happy. So you have to be connected to figure out, well, what does make me happy and um, what makes me feel good. And, you know, for a lot of people, it is like helping, serving. That is something that can make you feel good. But Sometimes things can also be draining, so there has to be something in it that you get energized by. So I think it's important in life to, for all people to pay attention to what energizes them and um, try to move in the direction or incorporate those things into their lives. Um, well, and first, uh, first, I just want to say I want to thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's one of the things that that we miss on on this show sometimes is that aspect of it. I, I am so thankful to be able to meet and and work with or interview so many wonderful people that are so caring and so giving. Uh, and I just I just had lunch with uh, one of those people yesterday, and and it was one of the things that we talked about was the fact that that he has has given so much of himself now for for so long uh, that he sort of may have gotten away from really taking care of himself, you know, and his own health and and such. And so we were really talking about a little bit about a balance of, you know, how can we work out a balance? Uh, So I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that because I think sometimes and especially on this show, I get so pumped up on the fact that, okay, we're making a difference. We're going to help people. We're going to get people to turn their eyes and ears away from the the hateful, divisive stuff, and we're going to focus on the mindful stuff and focus on all of this. But sometimes we miss that point, which is we need to take care of ourselves first, both from a modeling and just from an overall health standpoint. So thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for being tuned right into it. (laughs) Uh, so, so you were going to then say, so one of your favorite, uh, biographies. Okay. Well, um, Thich Nhat Hanh, he's a Vietnamese monk. Have you heard of him? Oh, yes, I have. Of course. Okay. So I think he's actually a good example of someone who, um, you know, he does help other people. Uh, he teaches, well, he has many... Um, I guess they call them monasteries, uh, uh, places where people can go to mm-hmm. learn mindfulness and practice mindfulness uh, retreat places. He's also sure. written over 100 books and has a lot of poetry. And uh, he, when he was young, he was in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Um, he was in a monastery doing his meditation up in the mountains. And meanwhile... 
the villages were getting bombed. And uh, he and all the other monks in the monastery had a choice, that they could remain meditating in the monastery, or they could go down into the villages to help them rebuild. And um, some monks thought that that's their job, to stay in the monastery and, and just do the meditating. Um, but he coined, he, he started something, uh, he believed in doing both having the, like, starting from a mindful place, but also r rolling up his sleeves and going um, to help rebuild the village and train other people, you know, in ways of, that they could practice mindfulness while they're going through building clinics, building homes, building schools. And um, so he coined the phrase engaged Buddhism, um, that it's not just, Sitting on it's not only sitting on a cushion and meditating. That's kind of a preparation then for going out into the world and um, acting. Mm -hmm. um, so I think he's a good example of someone who practices self-care and also, uh, you know, goes out and um, you know does peace work in the world. Sure, yeah, he's he's also working in the community. You know, it, one of the things that I love about the way in which you've written the book that with each biography you follow it by a what can you do section. Tell us a little bit about that because that was one of my favorite parts about it is it's not just it it kind of goes directly to what you're saying about what he did. It's the same thing I think you've sort of chosen that a little bit in your book because it's okay, we're not just going to sit here and read this, but we're now going to talk about what you can do that you might have be able to pull from that particular biography. So share a little bit more about that and, and how you came to that, uh, that method. Sure. Um, so I guess when I read biographies, I'm always interested in think, trying to glean something from their the person I'm reading about from their life and apply it to my life. So um, one of the actions in the book, uh, T is for Thank, and it has a biography of Andrew Bienkowski, uh, who practices, well, I could, uh, he, he practices something he called radical gratitude, um, to be thankful for something, not only the beautiful things, but also the difficult things. Um, he himself lived through uh, being in a being in a gulag in Siberia during World War II, and he says that he can look back on that with gratitude because he feels like those experiences uh, gave him a lot of life lessons. So after it talks a little, you know, with the biography, then the what you can do section for thank has um, things like. Um, keep a gratitude journal and, mm -hmm. you know, every day, maybe at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, you could write three things that you're thankful for that day. Um, another suggested thing to do is to write a letter of thanks and appreciation to someone who's made a difference in your life. Um, so just small things like that. Um, and they're just, you know, a starting place for other ideas that you might have. I mean, just saying thank you to people around you, um, grace before you eat, uh, things that it you don't necessarily have to go out of your way to do, but you can just incorporate it into your everyday. I love it. Um, you know what? And we also are getting some listener questions in. And again, I want to thank those that take the time to do it. Uh, and, in fact, we get quite a few that are from teachers, and I want to thank the teachers because not only do I uh, hear that they are listening later on in the evening or through iTunes, but then we get feedback from them telling us what they've shared with their kids. And I believe we have a um, a listener question and comment uh, that is from a teacher. It says, I had the great pleasure of meeting the most gracious and kind Jane Goodall when I was a teenager. Reading her words of praise about your book inspired me to purchase it. 
As an art teacher, I am very much looking forward to sharing the book with my students. The combination of art with lessons of kindness is something I feel strongly about in these times when so many parents are so self-absorbed and their children, unfortunately, are emulating them. Thank you for this, and that is from Sandra in California. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. So um, it's... It, is there a particular um, group of people or whatever that you feel seem to be drawn most to the book? Hmm. Well, definitely teachers. Um, and um, yeah, just anyone who is uh, interested in, yeah, kindness and loving kindness and mm-hmm. adding more of it into our world. Well, what I was thinking is, I mean, um, to me, this is the kind of book that we need to have in our schools. In other words, you know, for whatever amount of money that a, a school district is paying to get a variety of, of textbooks and such, um, you know, it just makes so much sense to me that that this would be the type of book that would make so much sense to have, you know, as as part of a curriculum, part of a class that that the kids are reading, because this is so important. It's so much more important, uh, you know, and in some cases than, um, you know, it's, you know, if I don't if I don't learn trigonometry, you know, well, you know what, I can probably still make it in life, but. Um, you know, if if I don't know how to be mindful, if I don't know how to appreciate, if I don't know how to provide gratitude, um, it, my life's going to be much tougher than it is. You know, it, you know. Again, if I didn't know trigonometry or something like that, so it it it, it kind of amazes me that um, you know that we are not getting books like this in our schools. Has there been any discussion of that? And if so. Um, what do we need to do to help push that forward? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, there have been schools who have uh, started using it in their curriculum, actually even before the book was published. <laughs> uh, Greenville Montessori School in North Carolina uh, used it as their whole school curriculum and featured one of the or two of the actions for each month. And so I suppose that if teachers are interested in this subject, they could bring it to their schools and, um, you know, propose using it as part of a curriculum. Um, uh, I know the subjects that are taught, English, science, social studies, math, they are all important, um, but yet without love and kindness, it's missing something. And I do think that more schools are realizing that we need um, social, everyone needs, and sure. students need to learn uh, to have social and emotional learning. And so, um, yeah, this is definitely part of that social, emotional learning. Well, and, and what, uh, Actually, one of the... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, one of the people in the book, uh, his name is Azim Kamisa. Uh, his biography goes with M is for make friends. And, um, well, he, he has a harsh story because his 21-year-old son was murdered while delivering pizza uh, in San Diego, California, by a 14-year-old gang member. And, um, well... Healing and forgiveness weren't the first thing on his mind, but during his grief, he very soon did realize that he had a choice, and uh, he could choose to hold on to hatred and anger and like revenge, or he could choose a path of love and forgiveness. And he was, uh, he is a Sufi um, Muslim, and he. Uh, had a spiritual mentor who helped him on this path of choosing love and forgiveness. And he knew that the thing that would honor his son most would be to choose this path. So, um, you know, he worked on 
uh, you know, healing his grief, and he approached the, well, Tony is the name of the murderer. Tony's legal guardian was his grandfather, and Azim Kamisa approached him and asked if he wanted to start a foundation or join his foundation that helped teach kids alternatives to gang, um, to joining gangs. And so the two of them worked together, and they go to schools, and they uh, have (laughs) programs that teach kids, uh, well, they have themes like empathy, communication, emotion management, preventing bullying, things like that. And they reach more than 12,000 students a year. And part of his story is that he actually, after five years, Azim Kamiso was able to go to the jail where his son's murderer was and forgive him face-to-face. And uh, Tony, while he was in prison, he had felt um, just like he wanted to die. But after he had been forgiven, it gave him a new lease on life. And so he uh, worked towards getting his degree in childhood psychology. And uh, as of now, I think he's actually, he was recently released from prison, and he's working with his grandfather and with Azim Kamisa to help teach kids in the schools these alternatives to violence. And, you know, they say the best doctor is the one who suffered the same. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wounds. So, uh, Tony is a great example for kids, you know, to be able to have turned his life around and now be able to help kids make different choices than he did. Um, so, well, that was just an example of, you know, going to the schools and teaching different types of classes than the ones we're all used to. Well, a very beautiful example. We're speaking with Tanya Zabinski, author of the book Peace, Love, Action. Everyday acts of goodness from A to Z, and what she just described is truly uh, an act of peace, love, and taking action. We'll be right back. You're listening to Answers for the Family. Founded over 30 years ago to meet the needs of families in crisis, Westshield has continually focused on resolving issues that negatively impact families and businesses. Our signature therapeutic transportation service helps to ensure that adolescents in crisis are safely transported to specialized schools, programs, and treatment centers with unsurpassed experience and success. We are supported by our full-service licensed investigation agency that has legally, professionally, and compassionately located hundreds of runaways and teens. We are experienced and qualified to help, offering solutions which may include referrals to our international network of top professionals in the fields of educational consulting, psychology, psychiatry, and investigations. Simply put, Westshield Adolescent Services and Westshield Investigations are the best solutions when your family is facing a personal crisis. Call 1-800-899-8585, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's 1-800-899-8585, or visit our website at westshield.com. Thank you. And we're back. 
Our guest is Tanya Zabinski. Our topic is Peace, Love, Action, Everyday Acts of Goodness from A to Z, and you're listening to Answers for the Family. So, Tanya, one of the, the areas in the book, you, you talk a little bit about breathe, uh, and it's, it's one of the peaceful actions in your book. Um, how do you see breathing as a peaceful action? Do I still have her? Tanya? Like, if you ever notice, if you're nervous about something, um, often your breathing is really shallow, and um, say, yeah, you have to perform either with speaking or with an instrument or, at, you know, you're up at bat. If you can consciously um, bring yourself to breathe more deeply, then it'll help calm your body and then you can do a better job at whatever it is you're doing. And so... Um, even if someone around you is upset, if you're able to bring your calmness to any situation, then, um, you know, even an argument, um, then it's like instead of having two people drowning, at least one person can be on shore and, you know, toss a life preserver to the next person. Uh, so it just, Breathing brings a groundedness to, uh, to any situation, no matter where you are or what you're doing. Okay. Um, yeah, I know that, um, you know, I've added breathing into my morning routine and stuff, and it seems to help help get my day going. And uh, so it makes sense. Uh, you know, I, one of the things that I love about the book, which is, is your illustrations, and I just want to say for everybody out there, if you go to www.peaceloveaction.com if you go to Tanya's website you know there's some examples of some of the illustrations um, but my, I guess my question is so did you go into this as a, um, a as an illustrator who decided to write or a writer who wanted to add illustration <laughs> well first and foremost I do consider myself a visual artist um, I went to school for art and um, I, you know, my father was not for a living. He wasn't an artist, but he was an artist. He had gone to art school. Uh, and so I just always thought of myself as primarily an artist. But I always wrote on the side. I kept a journal. I, oh, as a kid, I wrote and illustrated picture books. And um Actually, as a kid, that's what I thought I wanted to be when I grew up as an artist. And uh, and so, I don't know, they just melt, kind of melded in a natural way. Okay, yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you're obviously, they're both, they both art, they both take artistic talent. Um, you've been, been blessed with the ability to do both, and I, and I think it came out great. Um, so I was also going to, um, so with the illustrations, and again, for those that I said, if you get a chance to go to the website, and if you're driving, don't try this. Um, mm. But, um, you know, part of these illustrations, you know, uh, I mean, there's portraits and stuff. So you do portraits of each person um, sort of based on, I think, what, what your likeness would be, you know, or, or, you know, how, I'm sorry, how you would see their likeness. So, um Talk a little bit about that, you know, about your process and um, and how you felt you captured each person by the way in which you did their portrait. <laughs> okay. So originally the book um, had the illustrations for each action and the biography, and the portrait was a photograph of each person. My publisher said that they wanted to have me do each portrait to draw it in my style. And I originally told them that it's not my forte. I've never really been able to capture likenesses. And, you know, I, I didn't, I'd rather use photographs. But my publisher was very persistent and um, basically 
they didn't want to publish the book unless I did the portraits. So um, I went and I started with, well, the two I started with are Wangari Maathai, who started the Green Belt Movement in Kenya, and also Thich Nhat Hanh. And um, so I... Um, my process is I used a black and white photograph, um, the same size that I draw it. I put clear acetate over it, and then I paint with acrylic paint over that. Um, and then what I do is I scratch off. So I paint, I scratch off, and then I can go back and forth painting, scratching off, painting, scratching off. So it has a woodblock kind of mm-hmm. appearance or linocut, you know, that's like the reductive process. Um, But with woodblock or linocut, once you you carve a stroke, you can't go back. But with this process, I'm able to go back and forth and back and forth. And um, I was able to go back and forth. And when I did Wangari Matai's, one of the reasons I chose her as my first one is that, um, well, have you ever read... Uh, biography or autobiography of someone, and then you felt like you know them really well. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, that's how I felt with Wangari Maathai. Like I felt like she was a sister to me. Like she just had so much sincerity and such a genuine quality, and I just felt like I loved her. And in her picture, she's she has such a broad smile, and she's emitting so much like joyful energy. So while I was working on her portrait, I I just was feeling this love for her. Like I felt it coming from her face, and I felt it like going towards her. And um, so there was this just appreciative energy um, going on. And then, uh, well, I showed it to my <laughs> a few people, and they said, "Well, maybe change this or change that." And then I was able to get a portrait that actually looked like it was recognizable. It looked like her. And then uh, I did the same with Thich Nhat Hanh, and the publisher said, yeah, uh, looks good. And so then I just had to do 23 other ones. (laughs) And um, that was the process. So it really, like, I didn't think I'd be able to do it. And then I stretched myself and I was able to do it. So it was a very exhilarating process. Well, I, and I saw it as, um, you were capturing more than just what a photograph captures. I mean, to me, the, the, the style that you used, I sort of, I, I felt like, um, like I knew them a little bit better, but just by looking at that photo, sort of like I was seeing more of them, like you captured a little more of their spirit and not just a, um, not just a picture to where it's, it's capturing just a physical uh, part of the thing. So anyway, I ju- it's, it's another one of those things that I, I got from the book. It was like, this is really cool. I like it. Oh, so, thank you, Alan. Well, you're very welcome. So we have another listener question that has come in, and this one reads, uh, Peace, Love, Action is such a great title. Uh, one thing I, uh, I enjoy about Answers for the Family is its continued efforts to promote gratitude and kindness. I wanted to say that I see it working in my family community, and it says it, quote, rubs off when, quote, action becomes a key word in the formula. My question before I buy it, um, what age group is the book written for? It says I couldn't tell from the description um, you know, that, you know, that I read on the, the introduction, and this is from Valerie in Washington. Okay. Um, well, they say, um, you know, 8 to 12 years old, um, like I said, you know, it can go up to any age. And the reason I wouldn't say younger is because some of the biographies deal with, well, you know, um, the one I told you about Azim Kamisa, and, you know, his son was murdered. And, you know, uh, Sister Helen Prejean is one of the people included in the book, and she works against the death penalty. And uh, I think at a young age, like, kids don't really need to know about the death penalty or... um, uh, So I wouldn't necessarily share those stories with them, but others, if you pick and choose, like, 
um, you know, Pete Seeger or Jane Goodall, you know, those can be, you know, even seven, six, five years old, you know, um, I just would pick and choose and not, there's just maybe a couple like that that would deal with more harsh subjects that I'd wait till a child is older to introduce them to that. See, that makes perfect sense to me because essentially, you know, I would take that as, you know, okay, if, you know, if, if they're in double digits, then, you know, okay, they can probably read it on their own. Uh, but much younger, just pick and choose to read a particular subject that maybe fits a particular issue or, or, or learning opportunity that they happen to be dealing with right then, I think would be a great way to do it. And I should probably add, when you said 8 to 12, I just wanted to share with the audience, I'm a few semesters older than 12, and I still enjoyed it. Okay? <laughs> so um, so let's, let's talk about longer-range plans, because what I love about books like this is, is that I want to see them take off so that they... Um, so that they impact as many people as possible. So what is your long-range vision for this book? Well, I'd love to see the book um, used by families and schools, colleges, you know, people of all ages. Um, I'd love for them to find inspiration from the biographies, not as, yeah, hero worship kind of thing, but as an example that what, these people did, they can do too, and with their own twist, using their own talents and skills and situations that they're dealing with in their lives. Um, so, yeah, I'd like this book to help people feel empowered. Um, I also like all the illustrations for the book. Uh, it's not done on computer. I did actual silkscreen print, so I have... Um, the silkscreen prints, and um, I've been using them as a kind of traveling exhibit. Um, and, yeah, I mean, in general, I just love to see the images and stories shine a light of beauty, encouragement, and inspiration, yeah, for readers to find their vision and move towards it. I love it. So what is next for you? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm one of those people who goes in a lot of different directions, and um, I do love combining poetry and imagery, so I'm working on a book right now that does that, uh, poems and paper cuts, actually. Uh, and... Um, it's not specifically about love and peace, but it is something that feeds my soul and makes me feel good. And so um, that's my current project besides, well, it's funny because doing the book, all my energy, well, this is my first book that was ever published and it was my life dream to have a book published. And then once the publisher said yes, all my energy and attention and focus um, was going towards that. Um, and uh, I didn't think about what would happen once the book is published. And it's not just like the book's published and then I go to the next one. Like a book does need, um, uh, you know, it, it help to find its way out into the world. So even, you know, something like doing this radio interview is something that helps get it out there. And so I'm realizing, yeah, it's just like giving birth. Once you give birth, well, there's a lot more that comes after that. And so <laughs> I'm finding my way on that path right now with um, getting the book out there and going to different festivals and having book events and um yeah spreading spreading the word so to speak <laughs> all right well you're in luck because i happen to have a a superpower that includes a magic wand and so if if i could give you that magic wand to use uh and you could use it on one thing what would it be to make the biggest difference in the world right now well, I guess 
that it would be hmm, superpower. Well, I feel like um, there's for human beings we we can do um, only so much with our sort of limited energy, but if we do tap into a superpower, like to realize that every person has a superpower that they can tap into something that's bigger than them. Uh, and, you know, whether someone calls it the universe, great spirit, God, um, you know, source energy, you know, whatever you call it, it's like something that's bigger than all of us that we can tap into. And so if, with your magic wand, you could help everyone realize that we can tap into this, and then we all tapped into it, then uh, we're not limited humans anymore. We're like, we all have superpowers, and we can all use our energies and gifts to uplift ourselves and the world around us. Well, <clears throat> spoken like a true giver, that given given a magic wand, uh, that the first thing that you would do is help everybody, everybody find their own superpower so that we could all come together. And to me, that's one of the greatest answers I've ever heard. So, thank you. Aww. That is that. <laughs> thank is you, Alan. <laughs> so um, now, for those that that would like to get the book, what is the best way for them to get it? I've I've given the website, but is there? Uh, I mean. Is it pretty much everywhere books are sold now, or? Um, pretty much. Um, well, it, it's actually a really good question that you asked because one of the actions in the book is uh, G is for go local, and um, when people like would go, for instance, to their local independent bookstore, that is something that actually. Um, helps the local economy, and also a bookstore is something that adds to the fabric of the community and the uh, exchange of ideas. And and so when you support your local independent bookstore, it helps that um, process keep going, and it adds to the, like I said, the fabric of the community. So I love to encourage people to go to their local independent bookstore. Um, Sometimes that's not possible, and you know, if people live far away, and uh, it might even be environmentally better to <laughs> order it in the mail. Um, and my publishing company—it's called Parallax Press. They uh, have a policy that if you order a book directly through them, they for each book they directly sell, they give another book to an incarcerated person. So um, that's another way that your purchase can make a difference in the world. Um, you know, you're doing something for yourself and you're doing something for someone else. Um, so that's another way that you can get the book. Well, first of all, I love that. And for again, for those out there, if you're driving and I know that you can't write all these things down, uh, uh, we will make sure that these uh, websites are listed on the Answers for the Family page. That's AnswersForTheFamily.com. Um, and you know, another site, uh, and I didn't get a chance to mention it before, but when I mentioned that for 25 years that, um, that Tanya and her husband have been running planet love, uh, you can go to planetlovedesigns.com and you can get a lot of other information in regards to, um, you know, art, essentially their art based business. So lots of things that you can do, lots of wonderful ways in which you can, uh, not only make a difference in your own life, but make a difference in other people's life, even down to the way in which you buy the book. So, uh, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate uh, everything that you're doing. Alan, I, thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for uh, your form of peaceful activism that you're practicing in the world, and you're, you make a difference. Thank you. And so for everybody, stay with us. We're going to have a, a little commercial, and then I will tell you a little bit about who we're going to have next week. Hi, I'm Marty Cove. 
You might remember me from my film roles such as the Sensei in the Karate Kid films and a variety of others. Uh, I've done over 100 films and countless stunts in my career, and I've always given 100% physically. As fun as it was, I've had to have multiple surgeries from doing some of my own stunts. With the damage done to my body over time, I needed to find relief from this chronic pain. My passion for health and fitness drove me to find a natural way to combat body and muscle pain without taking medication every day. Teaming up with doctors, detectives, and a compounding pharmacist, we created Marty's Cobra Cove Ultra Strength Pain Relief Cream. Our CBD cream is whole plant extracted and made with high-quality amino acids and essential oils that can improve the strength and the absorption. Other CBD's products, well, they aren't like ours. It's the only thing that has been strong enough to knock out my pain. And I'm not the only one. Thousands of other people have benefited from the healing attributes of these products worldwide. So check out our website at www.martyscobracove.com. It's legal, it's safe, and it's 100% effective. So show your pain no mercy. All right, we're back. So please be sure to put us on your calendar and tune in next Monday when we will be joined by Destin Garrick to discuss her new book, The Evolved Masculine, Be the Man the World Needs and the One She Craves. So I'm looking forward to that, uh, to reading that one. And please be sure to visit our archives of past interviews at AnswersForTheFamily.com. You can subscribe to the show through iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, SoundCloud and iHeartRadio. And if you listen through another uh, uh, platform, let us know, and uh, we will get ourselves set up on that one as well, or tell that platform that they need to carry our show. Now, if you like what you hear, please leave a review. It'll help us reach more people, and we greatly appreciate it. The next time you're on Facebook or Twitter, please remember to stop by our page, check out some of our latest posts, and if you like them, please like us and continue to spread the word. Now, for everybody out there, be good human beings and tune in to us next week here at Answers for the Family. You're listening to Answers for the Family with Alan Cardoza, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.